This is a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. Find us at k103.se. Due to copyright, the music is shortened. You are listening to Ordinary Observations with Jack and Mark, where today we're going to be looking at episode two. We're going to be looking at the most deranged rulers of recent history. That's true. We got a few interesting characters lined up for you to yeah, have a look at. Yeah, a few bad boys of, uh, of recent times. Of recent times, ranging from what fifty years ago up to modern day. Yeah, up to modern day. Ah, something like that. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, we're gonna take them through them, go through their. The weird shit they've been got up to. Yeah, I think we should probably preface this by saying all these people are indeed the worst people, horrible human beings. Yeah, um, we're not going to go too deep onto the actual atrocities. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but but th- there'll there'll certainly be some undertones there. So if that's something you don't really want to hear about, then perhaps this episode isn't the one for you. Yeah. But but. Yeah, that's all I have to say there. On with the show. On with the show. This is Ordinary Observations, episode two. Who have we got first then? So, we're going to kickstart Idi Amin. Oh, one of my personal favorites. <laughs> exactly. Mm. <laughs> we gave you a warning, people. <laughs> yeah, Idi Amin was a pretty bad dude. Obviously, uh, ruler of Uganda for some time. Yeah, so if we start off from the start, he, mm. um, he, uh, he started off in the British Army in Uganda as a cook in 1946, mm. where he received military training. And, uh, you know, put in that work and grind. He was a hustler. He was. Yeah. He he fought his way to the top. He got up and worked for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in, ni- in 1964, he became a commander in the army. So he, he was quickly rising through the ranks. And in 1971, took power through a violent coup and became leader of Uganda. Mm. So I think it's worth noting that uh, the reason he organized this coup was because the current president at the time, who was, until that point, a mate of his. Yeah, uh, they were close. They were close, yeah. that's what. Well, that's sort of helped helped him rise up through the ranks so fast. Um, but until that point, they were mates. And then it turned out the president was like going to investigate him for mishandling of uh, funding meant for the military, which is probably very, very accurate, really. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so instead of standing to trial for... Uh, <laughs> pissing away the military budget like years of military budget <laughs> yeah, exactly Edie was like fuck that then I'm gonna be prime minister now yeah the man was the man was an absolute mess he mm. attempted to annex part of Tanzania in 1978 so Tanzania president was like hold on a minute <laughs> but and he sent his own army into Uganda and he captured Kampala the capital yeah that's so that's the downfall of Edie yeah. I mean but we're skipping we're, we're skipping, skipping the, the good parts the parts yeah, yeah. So the man was the man was just mental. He was insane. He mm. uh, he's famously he's famous for claiming that he was not a cannibal because human meat was too salty for him. Mm, exactly. He was uh, rumored to to have kept decapitated heads of his enemies in his fridge, and uh, I guess if you've got that kind of thing going on, then the then the cannibalism claims yeah. they naturally follow. Yeah, they're not far off. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sure it happened at least once. Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. He also had an absolute obsession with the country of Scotland. Mm-hmm. He saw the work that uh, Uganda was trying to put into into um, creating its own independence movement from the British, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, this seems a bit like the Scottish." Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's when he uh, claimed to be the rightful heir to the throne of Scotland. Yeah. And uh, so much so, his obsession with Scotland, he uh, he also loved kilts and bagpipes. And he even discussed helping the Scots to create an army and fight for their own independence. Mm. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's particularly nuts. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know who the Prime Minister of Scotland was at that time. But, but it's wild that he got this, like, I, connection, you know? I, I don't can't know, imagine... I don't know from where. I can't imagine them getting a call from Idi Amin saying, you know, you guys want... We could we could form an army, you know? Yeah. But no, the guy was crazy. And, uh, yeah, he really targeted certain ethnic groups, like the previous president of Uganda. Mm. He, uh, he, he butchered thousands of people. Yeah, so... It's an estimated. He, was, he wasn't called the butcher of Kampala for nothing. No, the the Amnesty International estimate that he killed, or that uh, during his reign, uh, three hundred thousand to five hundred thousand people died during uh, Idi Amin's what, like ten years ish. Yeah, it wasn't that long as the president of Uganda. Yeah. So uh, obviously, pretty pretty bad dude. Yeah. Um. He was a he was targeted in particular um, people from the Indian subcontinent, Asians from the Indian subcontinent. There was mm. eighty thousand of them who lived in Uganda. Most of them who were born in Uganda, mm. and he expelled them and uh, seized all their property and businesses. And um, this uh, group were responsible for ninety percent of Uganda's tax revenue, <laughs> resulting in the Ugandan economy collapsing entirely within weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So he kicked them out of the country. They fled to Kenya or something like yeah, that. And anywhere else, yeah. <laughs> it was to the UK a lot, but... Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, famous polygamist. Yeah, indeed. Mm? Uh, Wikipedia notes his spousal count at at least six. At least six. What do you reckon? More? <laughs> Less. <laughs> Probably more. But, I mean, he had how many... Like, it's... 43 kids. Yeah, so if you've only got six wives, that's seven, seven wives. Seven, seven kids per wife, so I don't think... No way. There was at least a little bit of extramarital stuff going on, if uh, if that's the case. He was so famously on a radio show, divorced all three of his wives yeah. at once. <laughs> yeah, so that was sometime in 1983 or something. <laughs> yeah. he, I guess he had become uh, infatuated with another woman. And so he famously... Number eight. Yeah, whatever it was, he, he famously divorced all three of his current wives yeah. on live radio. <laughs> at once. Yeah, he's, he's just a pretty big guy. Big dude. Big in stature. Oh, yeah. Big in insanity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, talking about the big guy himself, he um, <laughs> he is also a pretty accomplished sportsman. You know, mm. again, we're gonna gloss over it, the horrendous nature of everything that's associated yeah. with him. Well, to be fair, he was a good sportsman before all that shit. So true. true yeah. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm. Carrying on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um. Yeah, exactly. Before that too, he was the under undefeated lightweight boxing champion of Uganda for like nine years. Something like that, yeah. yeah mm. Which is also like insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And allegedly, we don't know if it's this true. Is, this, is a, this is a well-refuted urban myth. Allegedly. There's an urban myth that he was selected as a replacement in the 1955 East Africa rugby squad to face the British and Irish Lions. That would have been a pretty big deal. Yeah. It's it's pretty much... Definitely dis- bullshit. Dis- definitely <laughs> disproven. Yeah. So uh, I was reading about it today and it was saying that there's no documented... Pic- like he's in no- none of the team photo. There's no documentation about the team name. He's not listed there. And uh, this tour actually took place 13 years before replacements were even allowed in rugby anyway. Okay. <laughs> so they he were, was there, man. There, there were no replacements <laughs> on that tour. Yeah, he's quoted as once saying, I'm a lock. I'm good at pushing, so you don't want to push against me. He also reckoned that he was a good sprinter as well and could run 100 meters in 9.5 seconds. That's quite impressive considering the world record is what? 9.8. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's a big moving unit. He's uh, also like 100 kilos yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but so like you say, by the time he, he was getting crazier and crazier, more paranoid, more by, paranoid. By the day, I think. Yeah, so 
he then eventually decides to invade and try to annex a bit of Tanzania. Tanzania. And this, I think, pissed off the British and the Americans. Well, and probably the Tanzanians, first of all. Also. Yeah. So, so <laughs> and they, they basically dropped support for him, which is when he reached out to the Soviet Union and they gave him heaps of weapons and money. Uh, yeah. But by this point, it was too late. So Tanzanians, they were like, well, fuck that. We'll, we'll fight back. And then, yeah, so that they, they, they walked a sneaky. <laughs> they walked back into Uganda. Eventually, made their way to Kampala. Kampala. Yeah. And and that's that's when Idi Amin lost his grip on power and was yeah. exiled to Saudi Arabia. No, to Libya first. Yeah, first to Libya. First to Libya. To a good friend of his. To a very good friend we may be hearing from very shortly. Nice uh, segue there. <laughs> <laughs> but so we hang out with Muammar Gaddafi for about ten years before then for some reason shifting onwards to Saudi Arabia well I don't think it's so um, uh, strange that he moved on to Saudi Arabia considering late into his presidency he changed the entire nation of Uganda he converted them all to Islam mm. or at least tried to yeah yeah. so he, he was so it doesn't make sense he maybe. converted to Islam at least himself yeah but I mean, Libya's Islamic, also, right? So yeah, why does he? Uh, whatever, yeah. whatever. So he he did actually die in Mecca, though, in Saudi yeah, Arabia. Yeah, exactly. So maybe maybe makes maybe sense. maybe that's part of it. Yeah, he died age seventy seven or seventy eight or seventy nine. <laughs> they, they have actually no idea how old him. he is. Yeah. Um, but the last crazy twist of his life seems to be the fact he had converted to fruitarianism. Yeah, and got the nickname Doctor Jaffa mm. because of his love of oranges. <laughs> just because apparently that's all he ate. <laughs> <laughs> he just fucking he loved those oranges was hooning down the oranges vitamin C king <laughs> <laughs> ah, alright uh, and yeah. that's when he died yeah and um, well, just one more random thing mm. while, while we're touching on the sports he was mm. also a massive fan of Hayes, Hayes FC yeah. in Middlesex just a very small club football team a very t- I don't even know how you heard of that oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not sure big which fan. is quite crazy considering that he also hated the British Empire yeah Oh. And everything. Wait, British. did we did go over his full name? I was going to end on That's that. That's the yeah. best part about him. Okay. Yeah. Do you want me to? Yeah, of course. All right. Idi Amin. He titled himself Excellency, President for Life, Field Marshal Al Haji Dr. Idi Amin Dada, VC, DSO, MC, CBE, Lord of all the beasts of the earth and fishes of the seas, and conqueror <laughs> of the British Empire in Africa in general and Uganda in particular. Oh. Huh. So, what a what a title! <laughs> so we can. They have to always read it out. No, I don't know, but we can pick it apart a little bit. So, so the the yeah the the doctor part he gave himself that he gave himself an honorary doctorate from some university in Uganda. Yeah. So that was just something he bestowed upon himself. The VC, this people would think is the Victoria Cross. It's Vic- not exactly. So Victoria Cross is sort of the highest honor a, a member of the any of the Commonwealth uh, in the army. armed forces yeah. can get. Yeah. And so he gave himself VC, but he couldn't give himself a Victoria Cross, so he gave himself a Victorious Cross. <laughs> so a bit of a cop out there. Yeah. Uh, do you know what the BCE stands for? I don't actually know. No. Conquer of the British Empire. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. CVE, that's nice. Mm-hmm. I like the uh, conquer of the British Empire in Africa in general and Uganda in particular. Yeah. That's good. That's <laughs> Lord nice. of all the fishes Keep in the it sea. Keep specific. Yeah. yeah, man. It's so good. All right. Lord of all the orange trees at the end. But that's <laughs> that's Idi Amin. Uh, Satan takes a holiday. Yeah, jeez. He, he was an awful bloke. <laughs> this is Satan takes a holiday. Follow me to the desert. 
Yes, that was Satan Takes a Holiday, and that's something he sure did while Idi Amin was alive. Uh, Follow Me to the Desert was the name of the song, which is actually what Idi Amin did when he was exiled from Uganda and uh, took up spot with uh, Muammar Gaddafi in Libya. We've uh, name-dropped him once, and uh, he's now here to play. He's our next topic. Yes. So So this guy's also an insane character. He he came to uh, power in Libya also through a violent coup. Mm. Shock. And, um, yeah, had some pretty interesting ideas about the world. Yeah, so when he came to power, he, um, he as most um, politicians and presidents do when they come to power, he gave a speech at the UN. And now the normal time slot for a UN speech is 15 minutes. I don't know how long he'd been, like, because this was a coup, right? Yeah. So the UN weren't uh, just like, ah, oh, come he'd on. He'd been around for some time, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah. Like, he he went on for a solid three hours. Yeah. <laughs> Rambling at the UN. Yeah, he, mm. one of his uh, fine ideas at the UN speech was uh, demanding the redistribution and destruction of Switzerland. Exactly. So they didn't take kindly to So, Muammar Gaddafi was famously anti-Swiss. Yeah. He, uh, his son and his wife, I believe, as well, were arrested in Switzerland at some point uh, in history because his son had... Like abused or beaten, yeah, like beaten like, up. like a hotel maid in mm. the I didn't uh, in de- Switzerland. The de- details are scarce on this part of it, but yeah. anyway, so the Swiss police arrest him for this crime, and uh, obviously this angers Muammar Gaddafi, who for the rest of his life was raging against Switzerland, yeah, specifically Switzerland. Mm. He really hated them. Yeah, yeah. So at the United Nations, he campaigned with a speech well, well beyond the allotted time he was supposed to be speaking for, uh, that Switzerland would be redistributed by, by linguistic lines. Oh. So the German part would go to Germany, the Italian part would go to Italy, and the French part would, of course, go to France. Interesting. And, I mean... It's what? not the worst yeah, of his I've ideas. Heard, I've like, heard... Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> his, his, uh, his other little stint in it geopolitics... Might, it was... might make Switzerland a little bit more affordable, at yeah, least. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He had, a, he had another stint in some geopolitical suggestions. Mm. Um, he he gazed over conflict in the Middle East and he thought suggested the uniting of Israel and Palestine into Israelite <laughs> was the answer. Uh, I I mean, if it was that simple, yeah. If only, if only it was that simple. What if we had listened to Gaddafi, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The uh, ah. but speaking of Israeli, just to go back to um, Idi Amin for a second, mm. Yasser Arafat. Yeah. The leader of the Israeli... Palest- Palestine- oh, sorry, sorry, fuck Palestinian- going to get shot for saying yeah, that. Oops. The leader- We're not experts. <laughs> the, the Palestine uh, leader of the... Palestinian Revolution Movement. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what yeah. his party was called or whatever. But he was actually the best man to Idi Amin at one, at one of his at least six weddings. That's funny. So that's a great fact. What but a crossover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not the crossover we anticipated. Yeah, but uh, Gaddafi, he was... He really just hated all the Arab, his fellow Arab mm. leaders, to G- be honest. Gaddafi was famous for really not giving a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it was at, like, kind of political events. Mm. And he, he was really happy to just insult fellow leaders and rulers. Fellow leaders of the African Union and, yeah. and, of, and of within the Arab yeah. Arab world, or Arab, yep. what are they called? The Arab states. Anyway, they had Arab Union, just, perhaps. Yeah, just um, uh, used to often whip off his shoes and <laughs> yeah. throw up his bare feet exactly. at people. So that's a really insulting thing within uh, within 
Yeah, I think within is it is Middle it, Eastern culture, yeah. Yeah, Middle Eastern culture. I'm not sure if it's Middle Eastern culture in general or if like specifically an Islam thing or an Arab thing. I mean, to be honest, yeah. everywhere, just the, sticking your a lot dirty of feet out. Like, yeah, so <laughs> fucking Gaddafi would like get into arguments with people at these big meetings and then just rip his shoes off <laughs> and show the bare soles of his feet. Get the dogs out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's gross. Um, yeah, but I mean, other... There's some things he did in Libya, you know. He like he came to power. He wasn't all bad. Well, he, he was bad. <laughs> he was. <laughs> let's, let, this is not a propaganda show. He yeah, was yeah, bad. He was bad. But uh, you know, he had some some positives. <laughs> he uh, he installed free electricity, free water, free uni, free petrol, and a government issued job for every person inside of Libya. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty fun. Yeah. And if you've got the money for that, that's fantastic. Yeah. He also started the one of the largest ever irrigation projects in the entire world. Yeah. To, like, kind of green up Libya. Yeah, I mean, the details on that are hazy. Also, when he, was the, um, when he was the ruler of Libya, their flag was entirely green because I think he was really keen into uh, <laughs> irrigating the country. Just like, lying, the you desert. mean? <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, just, it is just sand. It's green. <laughs> Guys, come. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he was also pretty awful. He um, The Lockerbie bombings um, classically were... Yeah, so the supposedly done by Libyan. I, agents. I believe they were Libyan agents. Yeah, um, not ah, oh, perhaps. Yeah, they were Libyan agents. I believe so. The Lockerbie bombings. I don't know why they blew up this plane, but they blew up a plane over Lockerbie, Scotland, mm. which would have angered Edie. I mean, come to think yeah, of it, it's going to say this doesn't tie in. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> this is. A, um, but so they blew up this plane. The British intelligence obviously caught the people that uh, were responsible for the bombing, yeah. locked them up. Mm. And then after whatever period of time, the people or the guy that was uh, responsible, he was, you know, had terminal cancer or something. So the British policing system released him and let him return to Libya, upon which Gaddafi had like marching band at the airport and shit. Massive party. Yeah, exactly. Like, (laughs) man doesn't give a shit. Yeah. (laughs) So apparently the British police, the British special forces like asked him to just keep it quiet you know like yeah, the british yeah, public yeah, is still very upset respect, by this man, yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> and he was like i mean it could have been bigger we could have had a bigger party <laughs> so, <laughs> interesting response yeah. he also famously sent many weapons to the ira mm, based can yeah you can based, say based. very based yeah, yeah so so obviously he hated the british again yeah. like Edie. i mean he was in favor of of ireland's independence yeah yeah, he, he basically he loved a good show. He loved a good show and dance, you know. Oh, he's a, he lived a good he loved a good parade. He and, was uh, a showman, all right. Famously, there was a summit in Belgrade in mm. Serbia, where he took like I think hundreds of camels and horses to this to this giant. I think hundreds is an overstatement, but well, it's, he, it's many camels. He had a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're not experts. Yeah, we're not experts, but but uh, yeah, he he took he took some some camels and mm. horses mm. over to this summit in Belgrade and. Uh, he pitched an enormous Bedouin tent on the hotel lawn and just had the camels grazing there yeah. outside some, like, five-star hotel. <laughs> exactly. So I think this was still in the Soviet days, right? Yeah. So he was meeting with the Soviet leaders, mm. and they were like, okay, you, you can stay in this hotel, of course. Like, how many bedrooms do you need, whatever? And he's like, no, nah, fuck that. I'm not staying I'm in the hotel. taking my tent. Yeah. <laughs> so hit, he hit with the tent. He brings his authentic Bedouin tent. Yeah. A few camels. Just had them grazing up. Yeah, leaves them grazing on the lawn, and he oh. like he just loves camel milk apparently. So he's just drinking milk from the live camels and stuff like that. Yeah, he, he didn't take the camels back though, did he? No, no, he, he had, left them as a gift to the he, people of Serbia. He donated them where they survived into the mid two thousands, yeah. which is also crazy. Could you imagine being a, a just a camel, <laughs> <laughs> being a Serbian schoolchild, and going to the zoo to see Gaddafi's camel? <laughs> it's pretty cool. Huh? Yeah, it's pretty pretty good story. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, what else did he get he's, up to? He's done that in other places as well. I think he wanted to pitch his tent in front of the uh, Eiffel Tower. Oh, yeah? It's the same Bedouin tent. I think they told him no that time. Yeah. yeah. They kind of have to come. I was just running loose everywhere. Yeah, no. exactly. No, no but uh, it's pretty interesting. He, he famously met with 700 Italian women to complain about European women. Yeah, so... Just random. Obviously, like you say, like a... A proud misogynist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pretty terrible he's guy. He's not a good person. He's not, he's not exactly biggest on the list when it comes to campaigning for women's rights. No. Um, so I think he was quite disgusted by the freedom freedoms that uh, European women have. And so he demanded an audience of uh, 500 Italian women and just complained about the state of uh, essentially European femininity for a few hours. It's <laughs> fucking crazy, man. Also, I think, he, I think f- he did something similar in France as well. Yeah. He mm. also famously kept an exclusively female security guard mm. as well. It's like 200. 200 guards. Also, yeah. Yeah. Uh, insane. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. I think Lukashenko still does that. Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny you say that, like, like um, because the movie, classically, The Dictator, uh, it's based off the life of the life of Gaddafi. Gaddafi. Actually, yeah. The Session Brown Cone film. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah man. And, um, yeah, he was killed in famously in the Arab Spring in 2011. Mm. He had a pretty nasty ending. Yeah. Yeah, man. So this was this was filmed. Yeah, <laughs> we were just saying before all fair that you remember this happening. Yeah, as like an eleven-year-old <laughs> seeing not great. Yeah, yeah, seeing the very blurry like Nokia five hundred videos of like the Gad- very dead Gaddafi. Gaddafi's naked, bloodied body being strapped to the front of a car, basically, and driven around the streets. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um, according to some reports, he was. Should I say it? Um, we're already in the way too deep here. Yeah, apparently actually. he was, yeah, okay. He was uh, sodomized by a bayonet, which is... That's some awful... Which is, um, it's a terrible way to go. But you might say, it's the consequences of your own actions. Zing. And this next song is that called... That brings us on to the song, Consequences, consequences by Mariana Winter. Är du nyfiken på vad som händer i Göteborg och i studentvärlden? Lyssna på K103 Nyheter och missa inte de senaste händelserna. Du hittar K103 Nyheter på Spotify och Apple Podcasts. You are listening to Ordinary Observations with Jack and Mark. And yeah, just to find a point on uh, Muammar Gaddafi there. No, not only was he interested in re-engineering the, uh, the borderlines of Switzerland... <laughs> He also famously engineered a car the Him, himself. Himself, apparently. well, supposedly yeah. so. But yeah, advertised as uh, the safest car in the world, Muammar Gaddafi. I don't know if he named it anything, or it was probably just called the Gaddafi or was something. Was it even released? I don't know, I don't know where <laughs> he, he got just the engineered one. Yeah, so I guess he had a bit of free time, and yeah. he just like, oh, yeah. Well, he'd yes. read he'd read some you know some stats about too many people dying on Libyan roads. Yeah. So engineered a car to fix that problem. Quite the engineer. Yeah, fucking. What a dude. Anyway, on to the next insane person. Mm-hmm. This is a bit of a mouthful. We got Sapomayat Nayazov of Turkmenistan. Perhaps a little bit less famous than the other two. Yeah, I think this, the, that was the point of this one. A little mm. like a curveball <laughs> <laughs> inclusion. Mm. He's one of the uh, the most recent rulers on this list that we have so far. Mm. He um, 
He became president of Turkmenistan after the fall of the USSR, ruling from 1990 until his death in 2006. And um, while the other two were particularly violent, um, Nyazov was more focused on the, the cult-like and godlike personality of the okay. mad dictator, you know? Okay. And that's what he kept. That's what he uh, got straight to work with. Mm-hmm. He um, he soon set to work creating a, a course of personality that rivaled even that of the Kim Dynasty in North Korea. <laughs> so this guy was hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, his obsession with this cult-like personality was just morphed into renaming everything, and, and we we mean everything. Okay. He he had the day, the months of the year, days of the week, and even bread renamed to represent his glory. How do you, like, logically, the months of the year name different things because they represent different times, right? Apparently all is named now. (laughs) (laughs) A hard night of morning at work. Exactly, which (laughs) (laughs) means nothing. (laughs) Just like these poor people, man. So confusing. I'd like to know, like, practically. How it actually works. Yeah, I guess... They just didn't use those words. Yeah, it was just. I a, would assume that like you get a calendar. Official documents, yeah. You get a calendar with Nyazov written on it Everywhere. twelve times, <laughs> <laughs> with like three hundred and sixty-five times. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, his ego was such that towns, schools, and even a meteorite were given his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even within his control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like all of them, all of these three now—they just seem like massive children, you know? Yeah, well, I, there's got to be like. Some massive psychological issues at yeah. play. <laughs> <laughs> really mentally, it really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so um, another. <laughs> yeah, so basically, he went really hard on this whole like godlike, court-like personality. And uh, mm. doctors were even ordered to stop reciting the Hippocratic Oath, which is where they would essentially say that um, the the Hippocratic Oath, yeah. like. Dates back to Hippocrates himself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So th- they wanted to get. He wanted. He said no more. None of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands of years. Yeah. Of. So they they're swearing an oath to their profession, basically. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, to being a doctor. It's like and, a global thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, now they had to swear an oath to Nyazov. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, oh. it's new. Mm. And uh, he went as far into turning a book he had written into the equivalent of the country's bible. Right. Is that just like his political ideology, or no? Was it's it... Just his book, his ideas. No, I don't like, think like even just po- his, his. I don't think even political, just his thoughts and <laughs> feelings. It's just like a stream of consciousness, much like this podcast, yeah, a little bit. But like, <laughs> yeah. So his book had to be taught in schools, which, um, yeah, that, that's like a normal I mean, standard well, one for yeah, a dictator. Yeah. Uh, Twenty years from now, mate, this podcast will be taught oh, in schools mate. as well. <laughs> taught millions of fans. <laughs> And uh, he actually went one step further than just the schools. If you wanted to apply for any government job in Turkmenistan, however low level, mm. you know, you had to be tested on this book. You ha- you had to know the book back, like front, yeah. front to cover. as part of the interview process. Yep. And uh, even the driving test in Turkmenistan <laughs> had questions on this. How the fuck? Yeah, I can't imagine. I how do they integrate that? You know? Yeah, I can't imagine how you'd possibly shoehorn yourself into a national driving test. Yeah, Th- this guy, um, he is also like on the basis of the movie Dictator as well. Him mm-hmm. and Gaddafi, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a scene in the uh, dictator where they change the words positive and negative to the dictator's name, and this is like this guy exactly that kind of bullshit changing all the days of the year into oh. his name. Mm. Yeah, and um, he also tried to turn his like thoughts and feelings into a state religion, and uh, <laughs> it was that he considered himself to be a god. 
right. that he was immortal and that he was beyond everyone else too. Okay. And um, <laughs> he basically assured people that if you read his book three times, <laughs> you were guaranteed to go to heaven. <laughs> There's a big promise to make. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, considering how many times you have to read it in yeah. school, they're, um, they're, this, all, they're all safe. This bloke wasn't particularly democratically elected, was he? Oh, I think he was just given Turkmenistan. Yeah, actually. okay. Yeah. Just yeah. a big. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. We're how, not experts here. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Violent coup. I mean, probably. But but like he after the fall of the yeah. USSR. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was just okay. installed as the leader, propped up by yeah. the okay by the the Russians, I guess. That makes perfect sense. And um, a little side note on the uh, on the whole, um, you know, seeing himself as a god. Mm. It is unsurprising that soon after his death, the people of Turkmenistan rapidly undid the vast majority of his <laughs> decrees. <laughs> So they can call bread bread again. Yeah, they just want keen to have Monday as Nyazov. Yeah, they've got January, February, March again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not more Nyazov for dinner, is it? I uh, fucking what a do. Yeah. So he died. Yeah, he died in 2006. How are Turkmenistan doing now? Uh, I think they actually still have. Uh, it might. You be can his say whatever son. you want because nobody knows anything about Turkmenistan. Might be his son in power, like genuinely. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not any better. Well, I mean, if you grew up with a dad who thinks he's a god. Yeah. Yeah, then, I mean, you'd probably be led to believe that yeah. you've got some divine powers as well. You could say that his name is still in place. You could say he was dying for a name. Up next, folks, it's Dying for a Name by Hannes Eitman. This is K103, Göteborg Student Radio. Yes, this is indeed K103, Gothenburg Student Radio. You're listening to Ordinary Observations with Mark and Jack. And we are halfway through a pretty interesting conversation by my interpretation of um, just horrific dictators with kind of kind of, kind of, of quirky personalities, I guess you'd say. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we just, we just wrapped up on uh, old Mr. Turkmenistan himself, yep. who named almost everything... After his himself, name. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Now, Next up, we've got some honourable mentions now at this point because you know we we took a deep dive into the some big names, and uh, an honourable mention is uh, King Farouk of Egypt. Mm-hmm. He was the last ruling king of Egypt, and he was. When was that? Uh, this was around the time of uh, World War Two. Okay, so I, I think he became king in the 1930s so it's, it's okay. a while back so yeah. some time ago yeah, yeah exactly but, but 20th century and this man this man was insane <laughs> okay <laughs> shock yeah <laughs> not like the others ones. yeah this is kind of a criteria here yeah and um so yeah he was the last ruling king of egypt and mm. he was basically the reason why egypt decided to get rid of the whole <laughs> monarchy thing altogether mm. yeah he uh known early in his reign for his excessive partying and gambling Farouk was that once... I can get behind. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not that's alright. Yeah, we've been we've been like sort of quietly trying to distance ourselves from any of the opinions or actions of the people we've been laughing about over the last forty minutes. But this one, I can, I can, yeah. we can endorse this. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He was once described as a stomach with a head after he grew to over one hundred and fifty kilos. <laughs> he's a he's a big gentleman. He's a yeah. he's a rotund yeah. rotund individual. A big unit. Uh, he's a, he's... <laughs> According to his sister, he would drink thirty two liter bottles of soda a day, and had caviar imported from Russia, and would eat it like directly, like. Just raw. I wonder, like, what was the circumstance where his sister was just outing him like this? Yeah, yeah. I guess they get into just... a fight and like, "Mom, 
fatty bottles. <laughs> King Farouk's eating live caviar again. <laughs> <laughs> and um, although he had like all this wealth and riches, you know, this man was literally like importing his lunch like from different countries. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, he, King Farouk was a complete kleptomaniac. He was obsessed with stealing. He loved it. That's what kleptomaniac means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. It's like it's like a uh, magpies, you know, sticky fingers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> deep pockets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he once famously stole a watch from Winston Churchill. <laughs> um, King Farouk was later to question on this, and uh, he claimed to have simply found it lying around. But neglected to mention that he had found it in Churchill's pocket. <laughs> he just found it. There. But this, I mean, what was what was Churchill it. doing at that time, though? Well, it was still it was still um, under the power of the British. No, no, I mean, point. like, I mean, just in that moment, you uh, think no having a hundred and fifty probably gambling and partying, a hundred and fifty kg king, yeah. reaching into your pockets would be something you'd notice. Yeah, I think if uh, he lent his weight on you, yeah, you'd feel it. maybe he got up to use the bathroom or something yeah. like that. Mm. But apparently he just loved pinching and stealing stuff. Okay, fair yeah. enough. I mean, you, uh, to be fair, if you've got all the money in the world and you could just buy anything you want, it maybe gets boring. Yeah, so you yeah. want the thrill of like the being caught, maybe. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's an excitement. He also knows that nothing's gonna happen. Exactly. Yeah. What's what's Churchill gonna do? Yeah. yeah. But the man was really mental, like, mm. and also awful. We should really okay, point that okay. out quickly. Yeah. Okay. He uh, apparently once had a nightmare about lions attacking him and, eat- <laughs> and eating him. <laughs> and uh, Farouk decided to take a trip to the Cairo Zoo to see the lions. Mm. And yeah, basically he shot all the lions in the cages. Cairo Zoo. Yeah. Because he had a nightmare that they attacked him. That's such a shame. Yeah, that's so horrible. Oh. You know how people talk about like fragile masculinity? He was very fragile. That's pretty fragile. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I guess he would be he'd be a good feed for the lions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, so he was only twelve years on the throne of Egypt. Hmm. And he was world that's, renowned for being like insane. Yeah, there's still yeah. quite some time there. Yeah, it's still quite some time, yeah. Hmm. And uh, King Farouk of Egypt in his twelve years on the throne hoarded a thousand bespoke tailor-made suits. A thousand. So he always had something different to wear. And I Fuck. guess because he's also large, you know, he yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd have to be tailor-made. Some of them might not fit anymore. No, indeed. Tailor-made. Yeah. Fuck. And he also had cars and um, many jewels and watches that didn't belong to him. <laughs> <laughs> he just loved stealing. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently at the time of his death, he uh, possessed the world's largest private porn collection. Really? Yeah. It's just bizarre. Yeah, that's odd. How would they... How would... I don't how know. would they know though? I don't how, want to know how, how do they, they know who that? has the largest private pornography collection? Yeah, I don't, I don't mm. know. All, just, but also porn. But in 1930. Yeah, I guess I was gonna say because that that shit gets out of control now. But not yeah. there wasn't internet back then. So no, exactly. But that's even worse. Maybe. Yeah. Like, what was physical? Porn, what was pornography printed on? I, I mean, I, I guess they had books. Yeah. Yeah. Books. I'm just trying to think what like color printing technology was like in 1930s Egypt. Just like hieroglyphs. <laughs> <laughs> He's got them on like slate <laughs> tablets. He's got the stone and chisel going. Uh, yeah, so that's that was King that, Farouk. That's of King Farouk. That's what you've got for King Farouk. Okay, so we were talking about him getting eaten by lions in his dreams. Yeah, this next song's by Tame Impala and Thundercat. Oh, I don't, I that think was good. This that was, was actually good. totally. Uh, now I've ruined it by saying it was totally off the cuff. But anyway, this is, Tame Impala. It, this is Tame Impala and Thundercat, No More Lies, which is something we could do with.
vill ditt företag höras och synas på K103? Maila till reklam at k103.se Yes, that's right. This is K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. You're listening to Ordinary Observations with Jack and Mark. Mm-hmm. And yes, so on to another honorable mention, the Kims, the Kim Dynasty. Everybody's Everyone. favorite. Everyone's favorite. Kim. Everyone's favorite. Yeah. Everybody loves them. Yeah. Secretly. North Korea, best Korea. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is not propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the CIA just tuned in. <laughs> Yeah, so these boys, classically... Yeah, famously insane. Batshit crazy. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. come from a long line of insanity. Yeah, so there's three of them. The three main Kims. You've got mm. Kim Il-sung, Kim Jong-il, and Kim Jong-un. Yeah. yeah. You've got some uncles here and there, but they seem to go missing. They get blown up with rocket launchers yeah, and stuff get, like that. Yeah, flamethrowers, rocket launchers. Yeah. Oh, it's not... Yeah, it's, it's, it's gnarly. It's not always great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if we start off with Kim Jong-il... Which one was he? He was the, the dad of Kim Jong-un. Yeah, so the second one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, apparently just couldn't poop. He didn't. <laughs> no, because he, he was divine, right? He didn't yeah, need he to. he had a divine birth. Apparently when he was born, <laughs> there was a double rainbow over his yeah, birthplace. Yeah, I've read about yeah, this. Yeah. And like a unicorn is apparently seen running through uh-huh. the forest. Okay. Because apparently they found unicorns mm. in North Korea. Right. Yeah. And because of this divine birth, he can't poop or pee. What? Yep, he's divine. No, but like... It's because of the birth. Yeah. They say from okay. birth, he's never been, he's never needed to. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, it's not that he can't, he's I never think, needed to. I don't to. think it's presented as a disability. No, I, no, no. I think he, it's presented he, as like he's superior. a superpower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, is Kim Jong Kim Un like that as well? Yeah, apparently. Mm. Well, I mean, apparently, yeah, they both had divine births. They both did, don't yeah. need to shit. Yeah. That's, but uh, Kim Jong Un was a pretty, uh, he's a pretty interesting character. He apparently. Mm. Much like King Farouk was uh, obsessed with large collections of stuff. <laughs> and apparently he had one of the uh, largest private movie and CD collections in the entire world. He had like 40,000 films. Wow. Yeah. And apparently he was really keen on like making, on like having North Korea equivalent to Hollywood. Yeah, he had a lot of them remade, eh? Yeah, he had a lot of them remade, but he also like captured a South Korean mm. film crew. And, mm. like, held them hostage until they, like, produced films. They made them a handful, right? Yeah, yeah, but, uh, I guess he let them go eventually. No, they, they were filming in Austria because I think he wanted to make, like, a Sound of Music remake. <laughs> and, um, Holy they, shit. And they just escaped. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's kind of... That's cool. I like that story. Yeah, I think they're mm. US citizens. Mm. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. Are they still... in Hollywood's probably worse, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've heard that Kim... Ung, the Kim current Jong-un, yeah. Kim Jong Un, the current one. Yeah. His haircut is like one of the mandatory haircuts. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a bloke, how you would get, you describe that haircut? Uh, well, the the list that I'm reading just here from uh, top ten Kim Jong Un crazy facts calls it a reputable source. Yeah, calls it Chinese smuggler haircut, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is an insult that would get me sentenced to 15 years of hard prison. <laughs> I was gonna say, please don't tune in. <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 just want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, but apparently, uh, yeah. So um, Kim Jong Un was um, also famously schooled in Switzerland. Apparently, him and Kim Jong Il had fake um, Swiss passports, and that Kim Jong Un and his brother or his cousin would mm. um, often go to Disneyland Paris just together when they were like teenagers. Cute. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we've run out of time. Oh, yeah. We've got another song to get to. Lads, lads, lads by Lamb. 
Lambrini. I thought it said Lamborghini. Lambrini girls. Um, but yeah, this has been episode two. We're, maybe maybe we'll these do it. Were the, these were the North Korean lads, lads, lads. Yeah, these were like the worst people you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Maybe uh, do a part two. Maybe we'll do a part two sometime. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. Fun. Thank you so much for Again, listening. Again, these people are awful. Thank you for yeah, listening. Yeah, these people are awful. We don't associate with their ideas, ideologies, behaviors, or any other attributes of their personalities whatsoever. Thank you so much for listening. Ordinary Observations. With Jack and Mark. This is Lambrini Girls, lads, lads, lads. You've just heard a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. You'll find all our shows at k103.se. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Stay tuned.